Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Glory to God. Esther chapter 4, verse 14 says, For if you keep silent at this time, it might go well for them, but it won't be because of you. But if you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come for the Jews, but not from you. I want to, again, continue from last Sunday, but I have a different title for this message that when I keep hearing in my heart, for if you keep silent at this time, I want to preach for a moment on the subject, the silence of the lambs. The silence of the lambs. Saints, we're living definitely in unprecedented and perilous times, and I would believe that all of you would agree with me. Uh, we were told that churches couldn't meet because of this pandemic, and I call it a pandemic. I know somebody asked me about that last Sunday when I said that. I call it a pandemic because this was planned. It was planned by China because China wants America's demise they knew what they had and they released it on purpose and if you don't think that's true then I have some swampland for you right up the street that you can buy from me it was a pandemic and because of the pandemic churches couldn't meet businesses could not open because of safety all over this nation, business owners and pastors and Christians were treated like hardened criminals and church members were asked to leave the parking lots of their churches and threatened and pastors were even arrested for having service in their own church's parking lot. But now, as thousands of thugs and thug wannabes are filling the streets around this nation, looting and rioting, and, and you don't hear one word about these same power-hungry politicians talking about social distancing. Oh, yeah, it's essential for the ABC stores and the marijuana dispensaries to be open, but it's not essential for you to go to the dentist. Oh, yeah, it's essential for a woman to go get an abortion, but it's not essential for you to get your medical procedure. Oh, yeah, it's essential that thousands of people can go to Walmart and Home Depot and Costco, but it's not essential for you to go get your hair did. So to be clear, it's okay for thousands of people to loot and to riot and to rape and to kill 17 people dead already so far and burn down our cities and burn down our neighborhoods, but it's not okay for churches to meet. Something is vitally wrong and now is the time for us to speak up and not keep silent as silent lambs. Oh, uh, yeah, it's okay for people to attend a funeral that's in the media where hundreds of thousands of people can attend, but just two or three weeks ago, you couldn't attend the funeral of your loved one. Something is wrong, saints, so you better open up your eyes to what's really going on because this is not about social distancing, saints. This is about shutting up the church, and, and we got everybody wearing masks, but when you go to some of these places that you see on television, you don't see it. What is wrong? Well, something is wrong. Somebody's lying. Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, somebody up in here. What happened to all of the overreaching commands, stay home or else? Like the Chicago mayor who stated that while at the same time releasing hardened criminals, but she was bent on arresting law-abiding citizens. The same city of Chicago where it has a 43% increase in the numbers of killings just this year with 240 homicides right there in her city. But she want to arrest law-abiding citizens. Something is wrong, saints. You better open your eyes. Oh, yeah, you better believe that I believe all lives matter. I don't, I don't, I'm not triggered by stuff on social media. I'm not triggered, saints of God. Nelson Mandela said it best. He said the true character of any society can be revealed in how it treats its children. 
I say that because each year in America, over 100,000 precious black lives are aborted at the hands of savage demon rat doctors in the institution founded by Margaret Sanger, who said this quote, and I quote, she said, we don't want to, the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. I'm talking about Planned Parenthood. Oh, yeah. You better know the roots. They want to kill black people. While we're parading around, want to protest this. What about all the thousands of black babies? Are you ready to protest that? If all lives matter, then all lives should matter, saints of God. I'm not here to preach as a black man. I'm here to preach as a man of God. Either we're going we're gonna to believe God or we're not, saints of God. There's a deliberate demonic operation to silence the lambs of God and to keep us in our proper places. But I refuse to keep silent. I refuse to be blindly following these atheistic humanist leaders who hate God and hate anybody who follows God. I'm constantly reminded of the words that I read in John chapter 15 when Jesus said, if the world hates me, keep in mind that they will hate you also. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So saints, get ready to stand up for God and, and post, get on your post for the lost. Stand your post for the disenfranchised and the forgotten. Stand your post for the poor and the fatherless and the widows. Stand against injustices of all kind. Stand against racism and bigotry and hatred. Stand against spiritual apathy and stand against unholiness and moral degradation that we see in our nation. Jesus is the rock and we're supposed to be the church militant. But as you look around, we, we see a punked out church. A church that's afraid to stand for biblical truth and sound doctrine. But in Matthew chapter 16, the Bible said, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's not man's church. It's not the world's church. It's not the culture's church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Saints, you must understand that when you stand for God, there's nothing that the gates of hell can release against you will prevail against your life. The Bible says no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper, that it shall accomplish exactly what he sent it to do. Saints of God, stand up for God and God will stand up in you. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the one who lives and was dead, and behold, he is alive forevermore, and he has the keys to hell. Therefore, the gates of hell cannot prevail because Jesus got the keys. Hallelujah, somebody. And he got the keys through the resurrection. And because he resurrected, he wants to resurrect us today. The powers of evil may sting and it may harass us and persecute the church, but it shall never prevail against her. Why? Death, where is your sting? <laughs> Grave, where is your victory? And we can proclaim that today, saints of God, that we can stand up for God and we can say, for God I live. I came to tell somebody that although you've been stung by some people, although you've been harassed and persecuted for being a Christian, but I want to encourage you that greater is he that is in you, that he that is in the world. And what we have to do is get the he in us greater than the world in us. Come on, somebody. And see, the problem is a lot of Christians, they can't understand what's going on. And they lose hope and they lose faith because the greater he in them is not him. It's probably self and a lot of the world and a lot of things that they see. But you got to get the heat in you greater. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. And the only way to do that is to get into worship. Uh, lift your hands to him and surrender. Get into his word and you can feed him. You can feed your spirit. And sometimes we're not feeding the spirit the right nurturing words. And, and then when things hit or when that wall comes, we don't have enough in us to succumb it. And that's why we have to call other people. Uh, then we put faith in other people because you don't have enough in yourself. Can I continue? Anytime, and listen to me very carefully, anytime you are a part of building something that's greater than you, there will always be people like Sambalat, Tobiah, and Gershom. 
they will try to come and intimidate you and talk you out of what God explicitly told you to do. But their attempts will always be futile because they were not speaking and talking against Nehemiah and the people. They were speaking and talking against the plans of God. Don't worry about when people talk bad about you because they're not talking bad about you. If you're following God, they're talking bad about the plans of God. And God said, you don't even have to respond. You don't even have to say a word. He said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. He said, I will repay. You just keep following me. I'll deal with every tongue that rises up and challenge you. Every time I've set out to do something that's greater than me, there were always people that I had to deal with. Saints, not everybody is going to understand everything God commands you to do. Not everybody is going to agree with what, what God tells you to do. But as long as you got your ears close to the pulse of God uh, and you understand his heart's true intentions, uh, you will tick off people. But as long as you don't tick God off, you keep moving towards God. And if people don't come with you, at least you're closer to God than you are to the people. See, everybody didn't get off of the boat. Peter was the only one that got off of the boat and he didn't even have enough faith. He said, Lord, if it's you. Bid me to come. And he came off of one word. We got too many Christians that got to get a word. And Lord, would you please make it thunder? And Jesus, will you light my Bible on fire? I just want to make sure it's you, Lord. Would you, would you make sure that one of my socks get hot and one of them get cold? Oh, Lord, would you please make lightning come down and strike this tree at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning, God? Then I know it's you. But Peter stepped out on one word. Come. And although we talk bad about Peter because he sunk, but listen, he was closer to Jesus than he was those dead beats in the boat. I'd rather sink closer to Jesus than to sink in the boat with others. Oh, we got too many people still on the boat. And you got Jonah. <laughs> you better throw Jonah off your boat. Amen. And you'll be going down with him. Saints, I believe God is telling me now is the time, John, to separate the sheep from the goats. It is time to call God's people to a new level of holiness and righteousness and godliness. We can't expect things to get better in the world if we continue to be spiritually degraded in the church. We got to love people properly. We got to have compassion on people. We got to stop talking bad about folks. Amen. Get your mouth off of God's people. You, you can't make any of them do what you want them to do you just do what you need to do amen stop talking about folks that's the one big thing that has killed churches is we're too busy running our mouth about each other they're not god they don't have it right and they ain't doing it right who told you you was doing it right listen i make a lot of mistakes i ain't i'm, I'm here to tell you but a man I, I am going to make mistakes because in this flesh there's no good thing but you better know the God in me always wanted to make the right, right decisions. Amen? Always want to make the right decisions. And God has a way of breaking you down. And if you don't believe it, you keep messing around there with him. He'll break you down to make you believe that he's God. In Hebrews 12, I want to say this to you, says, There is a shaking and a removal of things that aren't rooted and grounded. If you're not rooted and grounded in the Lord, you're going to be shaken out. And I, I, and listen, I already know, everybody ain't going to come back to C3. And that's okay. Everybody's not going to go back to church because people are just, they've gotten comfortable with being lazy. No, I'm going to just, I'm going to just call it like I see it. They just got lazy and they're comfortable with being lazy. And they want to blame everybody else for their dysfunctional living. No, I'm not taking the blame from nary one of y'all. No. We're all going to grow up in the house of the Lord. It's your responsibility to read the word for yourself. It's your responsibility to worship. It's your responsibility to have devotional. Amen? 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 Now, I am not here to fill up the seats. I'm here to fill up spirits and souls. The seats are filled. I ain't even worried about that because that's God's part. I just need to preach the word and he'll take care of everything else. The Bible says we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season whose leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Come on, I like that right there. 
Uh, uh, see, uh, see, that's why you got to be like a tree. You got to be planted. Amen, somebody. See, when you're planted like a tree, when your roots go down deep, maybe the winds are blowing on the top and you rocking and reeling from the things of life and the vicissitudes of life on the top. But if your roots go down deep, you might bend, but you won't break, baby, because you're like a palm tree. Come hell or high water, you're still going to stand for the Lord, and you might bend all the way back. But when everything is passed by, you're going to bounce right back because I got a up in my step and the devil can't stop where God has started and I'm going to finish strong glory to God come on and clap your hands for the Lord and say Lord I am a finisher you can't prosper in God unless you're planted in his word when you get planted in him he'll prosper you saints of God and see, when I was thinking about the silence of the lamb and the things that the Lord has really been pinning me back on the floor this past week about, he took me to Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, Apostle Peter and John were preaching in the name of Jesus. And we know when they were preaching in the name of Jesus, many miracles were released and many people were delivered. And the church began to increase Daily because they stayed with the apostles doctrine and they kept fellowship with one another. But the Sanhedrin council. See, let me tell you about the Sanhedrin council. See, the Sanhedrin council is like our Senate and Congress today. Oh, I don't think y'all heard what I said. Let me let me just rewind for a second. The men of God were preaching in the name of Jesus and miracles were breaking out. Uh, people were being healed, and people were being delivered, and demons was running out of people, praise the Lord, and the church was increasing. Let me say that one time. The church was in increasing. Let me say it another time. The church was increasing, but the Senate and the Congress didn't like it. So the Sanhedrin court didn't like it, and they called the men of God and commanded them in verse 18 not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. In other words, they were trying to silence the Lamb of God in them. They said, now look, you can do anything. You can meet, but just don't talk about that name. Oh, you can come together. You can blow smoke in the sanctuary, but don't talk about that name. Uh, oh, yeah, you can go in the community, but don't be laying hands on people and don't rebuking devils off of folks. You, ju you just can't say that name. Uh, oh, yeah, you can say Buddha. You can say Allah. And you can say, oh, I believe in God or the man upstairs. Uh, but don't say the name of Jesus because we know, like they know, there's power in the name of Jesus. There ain't no power in the name of Buddha. There's no power in the name of Sun Yun Moon. But there's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says power, 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 wonder working power in the name and in the blood of Jesus. That's why they don't want you to speak that name. In other words, they were trying to silence the lamb. Much like they are today. But when you keep on reading, saints of God, we got to move on over to Acts chapter 5. And you will notice that they kept preaching. And they kept teaching in that name until they were actually arrested. They were imprisoned for preaching that name. Those things are going to start to happen today. Preaching in that name is going to get you locked up. Praise the Lord. That's why we got to have our prison ministry early. Amen, somebody. So, <laughs> at the deposition, Peter and the other apostles gave a response. Because that's what you do. The lawyers give their talk, the deposition, and then the despondent, they give their, their, their um, as a witness, they say, well, what, this is what happened, right? So, so this is Peter <laughs> and the other apostles' response. I'm sure they say, okay. I'm not going to speak that name anymore. I'm so sorry. You're the Congress and the Senate. You are ungodly, humanistic people. I'm just going to obey you because um, I don't want to offend anyone, and the word of the Lord offends people. So I'm just going to adhere to what you say, and I'm going to be a silent lamb. 
You think that's what they said? Well, I'm going to tell you what they said. He's over there in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. I'm going to just give it to you. This is what Peter said. They were a little shy about it, first of all. They were a little shy. <laughs> this, <laughs> I don't want to set you up. They were a little shy. And then they kind of opened up a little bit. This is, this, this is what they said. We are to obey God rather than men. They just came right out the gate. <laughs> they said, "Here, look, here it is. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging him on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior and to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Oh, somebody say they took a stand, didn't they? They stood up and said, listen here, I don't care what you do. You can imprison me. You can persecute me. You can talk bad about me. You can harass me. But I am going to say the name of Jesus. No matter how you treat me, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to have compassion on you because of the love of the Father is in me. And if you are in the world and you have a love for the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Come on, somebody. Talk to me up in here. Don't let anyone silent you when it comes to your calling. Don't let anyone keep you silent when it comes to your destiny. Don't let anyone keep you silent when it comes to your ministry. Don't let anyone keep you silent when it comes to writing your book. Don't let anyone keep you silent when it comes to building your business. Don't let anyone keep you silent when it comes to your purpose. Don't let anyone keep you silent from saying the name of Jesus. He's the chief cornerstone. Don't let anyone keep you silent, saints of God. Speak the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to raise up a church militant up in here that's not afraid to say the name of Jesus and you're willing to defy man to follow God. I have learned that the closer and closer that I get to God, the more and more other people's opinions about me don't even matter. That's why I get closer to God. You get closer to him, you'll learn, oh, that just, that just fell off. Oh, they said that? Oh, <laughs> okay. Amen? So if you feel yourself getting off-ended, y'all know off-ended, off-offended means you off-ended. If you feel that, then you need to get closer to God. That, that's all it is, saints. See, I, let, me t- let me just, ooh, I, I, I know, Lord, I know it. Okay, here we go, y'all. Yep, got the seatbelt on. God says, that's why they sent, he sent them to you. See, he sent them to train you. Because although you're talking about how close you are to God, you're not. Because if you were, you wouldn't have been off. Oh, am I talking to the, I'm talking to the mature church right now, right? Oh, Lord, I know your prayer. Your prayer was, Lord, get rid of them. I know that was your prayer. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Come on, tell the truth. Shame the devil. So, so you said, God, get rid of them. That was your prayer. And God says, no, I can't get rid of them yet because they still training you. I can't get rid of them yet because you're still offended. I can't get rid of them yet because you're a little self-centered. I can't get rid of them yet because you've been lying and placating and you've been posing for too long. And you need to get close to me like you say you are. My, 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 my. See, 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 he's not even preaching to you right now. He's preaching to John Lothar right now. Even though it's coming out of my mouth, but actually it's going into my ears because he's talking to me right now. Boy, you better get yourself together. See, all of us got some brokenness in us, and all of us got some stuff in us. Ain't nobody, nobody in here perfect. Amen, somebody? So, so listen, next time, stand up for people that's talking about her, the church. Yeah, nobody going to talk about her in front of me, because then you're talking about me and my people. Hey, man, no, get your mouth off of her. What you doing? Well, what are you doing? How many people are coming to the Lord in your ministry? How many people are being changed in your ministry? Matter of fact, how many people are following you? 
so we're talking bad about people and they're not doing it right and, and they should do this and they, 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 and then after they, it's me and mine and me and me, me and my mind and they ain't doing this and me this and they ain't doing that, but they forgot about him and we. Because the closer you get to him, the me and mine disappears. And when you get to him, it becomes we, not me. <laughs> and we become we when we assemble, not when we disassemble. Oh, see, okay, all right, let me, let me go back to the Bible because I might have cut somebody. I didn't mean to cut you like that, but I did want to cut you. So, so <laughs> turn to the book of Jeremiah really quickly with me here. Are you getting anything out of this? The book of Jeremiah. Don't let nobody silence you, saints of God. Keep speaking the things of the Lord. Keep standing up for people. Stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Young people who are listening by live stream, if you see when you start, when you go back to school, you see people bullying your friend, stand up. Tell somebody. Don't let nobody bully your friends. Don't let nobody bully you. Tell somebody. Stand up for people. Stand up for the poor and the fatherless and the widows. Stand up for those who are under a bridge right now. Don't know You don't even know where the next meal is going to come from. See, this is why the church has to do what the church does, because if we're not there doing it, ain't nobody doing it. Why everybody want to talk about, well, the church needs to raise up right now. Well, we've been raised up for a long time. Where have you been? No, this is not the first time that we've tried to bring racial reconciliation. But if you don't change your heart, you're wasting your time. Right? See, I'm not triggered. I'm not trying to go out and do a whole bunch of things. No, I'm going to stick with the word of the Lord because in the Bible, it always had upheaval in nations. And there was always a solution. Getting back to God because he's trying to get our attention. But if we're not listening, then you don't have ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Are you there in the book of Jeremiah? Jerry? No, Jerry's watching. I'm talking. Jerry. Jeremiah chapter 9. We're going to start reading at verse 5. But let me lay the black backdrop here. For 40 years, Jeremiah, 40 years, for 40 years, Jeremiah his heart was broken for the people that he was preaching to because the people were broken. They were despondent. They were scattered, uh, running amok, kind of like today. And, but listen, here's what happened, though. Because he stood for truth in the midst of a perverse generation, he was despised. He was persecuted. Listen to me carefully. He was persecuted by his own countrymen. Because he stood for truth. Saints, let me tell you something. When you stand for truth, everybody's not going to like it. When you stand for truth, you might have to go against your family members. When you stand for truth, you might even lose some friends. When you stand for truth, some co-workers might not even want to be around you anymore. But that's okay, saints, because when you stand on the side of Jesus, you're on the right side. Amen? I, I want to be on the right side. Amen. Not the left side. You know, the sheep are on the right, and, and the goats are on the left side, because goats are always showing their tails, right? They don't want to. Now, let me get back to this. So Jeremiah was coming and preaching to a perverse generation, and this is an accurate depiction of what we are experiencing right now. See, you got to listen to the words of this. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 5 and 6 says this, everyone will deceive his neighbor. And will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. See, racism, you're not born a racist. It's taught. Hatred is taught. See, babies don't know nothing about color. They don't have a clue about the differences of color. You teach them about color. Hello, somebody. You teach them to hate a race because of a skin tone. Racism is taught. Am I talking to the right church? Nobody's born a racist. And not everybody in one race are racist either. We got racist black folks. You got racist white people. You got racist Latino. You got racist Germans. You got racist Europeano. You got racist Australians. You got racist Mexicans. Every culture has a little bit of racism. Why? Because all of them jokers got sin. And you can't eradicate racism unless sin is eradicated, and that's not going to happen until Jesus comes. 
So we're always going to be faced with this, but while we're faced with it, what are we going to do about it while we're here? Are you going to keep it in you? While at the same, same time pointing fingers at somebody else? Let me keep on reading this. I don't know if y'all ready for this. It says, they were themselves to commit iniquity. You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, says the Lord. In their deception, they refuse to acknowledge me, says the Lord. In their deception. What CNN and CBS and Fox News will rarely show you are the churches and the pastors and the people who do want to peacefully protest. In their deceit, they want you to follow what they want you to see. They want you to only see what they feel you need to see. Because if you can control the narrative, you can control people. Come on, somebody. I'm going somewhere with this. Because as I was looking at this, we have been manipulated by what's called confirmation bias. What that means is we, which seeks out information that confirms an existing viewpoint for the moment while at the same time dismissing and discounting all other viewpoints. In other words, you got so much tunnel vision that you can't see what God is truly doing. Somebody say deception. See, when you are deceived, you can't even see past your little old brain. When you got tunnel vision, you don't even see what's out here because you're so busy caught up in what you're currently seeing in your view right now. And if you can't see the greater picture, then you're missing out on the greater good. And you can't see what God is doing because you're so caught up in self. Oh, see, I knew this one wasn't going to be very exciting, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to keep on preaching anyway because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, take heed that no one deceives you. No one deceives you. In Ephesians chapter 5, Apostle Paul backs it up and he said, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath will come upon those who are disobedient. See, deception will cause you to be disobedient, saints of God. Can we be outraged about more than one type of injustice at the same time? I think we can. I think it's okay to be outraged about racial cops, just like we should be outraged about black babies being killed, that, and we can be outraged about the injustices that's going on in the streets of our communities where black on black and Latino on Latino and white on white. Can we be outraged about more than one thing? If you can't, you already deceived. You already been duped. You already been manipulated in your mind because you're watching too much CNN and CBS and Fox News. That's where you get all your news rather than going to the word of God to see what God is doing. Don't be deceived, saints of God. He's trying to silence the lambs. And when the he I'm talking about is Satan. And he uses instruments just like those that are following him to, to, to tell us a narrative that we should be walking in. Don't be deceived, saints. Do not be deceived and do not keep silent. You stand. You stand strong in the midst of perversion and racism. But why are these global principalities trying to deceive and silence the lamb? He's trying to keep us distracted from the word of God coming out. See, the enemy flourishes. Listen to me. The enemy flourishes in violence. He flourishes in anger, racism, and rage, and discord. He doesn't want us to truly unify as a culture, and on the only entity in the earth today that can bring people truly together is the church. This is why the church is being silent. In California right now, there are sanctuaries that can hold 10,000 people, but the governor will only let 10 people go to church because he's a demon rat. He's led by humanistic, atheistic beliefs that God is not real. Now, you know what they ought to do? Tell the whole church, show up. 
Tell them if they want to arrest us, they got to arrest all 10,000 of us. And the prisons are already overcrowded. <laughs> so where are they going to put us? If, if all churches just say, forget y'all. We're going, we're, going, we're, going, we're going to church. I don't care what you say. No, I'm going to church. I got to go be with some believers. Amen, somebody. Everybody ain't going to do it because everybody's still duped. They're still manipulated. It's the narrative that you believe. Well, if that narrative was true, why you got thousands of people in the streets protesting? They're not social distancing. I don't see them six feet apart protesting. Hundreds of thousands of people at a funeral. Y'all crazy. Y'all believe that this mess is for real. No, man, you better follow the Lord. Listen, let me tell you why. Psalms 133 says this, how good and how pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. This is exactly what the enemy's plan is. He doesn't want us to unify in our marriages. That's why he's bent on destroying marriages. Saints, open, open your eyes and see what's going on. He doesn't want us to unify in our families and our relationships, our communities and our churches. And he definitely don't want the cultures to unify. He wants us to bicker and complain and, 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 and say you're a racist. He wants us to do that because in that rage, the enemy grows. Amen. I, I'm not racist. I'm just telling you that right now. We, we, matter of fact, this church wouldn't even be here if it, was, if it weren't for one white man. One, just one that supported this ministry when we first started. And he supported this ministry financially. He was, he was dropping some big checks. Because he believed in me and Lane when, when we went to a lot of black pastors, and they didn't look at us. Am I going to be racist for what? I got white folks in my family. I got Mexicans in my family. Heck, I got all kinds of stuff in my family. I got people in my family, I don't even know what they are. I think they're a different race. Other, they're the other. That, that's, that's on that when you sign it, African-American, and then they got other. They're just, I'm just, I'm just other, and I'm... And I'm, I'm black, I just put, I'm, I'm a black American because I don't, I don't know anybody in Africa. So I'm a black American. That's who I am, saints of God. No, you're not going to put no title on me. Amen. We just got all these titles and I don't want a different pronoun. No, you got to address me as her and voice deeper than mine. Okay, see, see when you talk like that, people get angry. But God is bringing some separation, and he's dividing some things because he's separating us from darkness. And he said, I brought you out of darkness so I can translate into the, the kingdom of his son. So you got to be separated from some things, God, uh, saints of God. And you gotta, people got to know where you stand. I don't want anybody to look at me and say, I don't know about John. He kind of wishy-washy. I don't know if he really believed this God thing. No, you better know. I believe what I preach. I, I was believing it when not nary one of y'all was in him but Elaine. And I'll be believing it if every one of y'all get up and leave. I'll still be believing it. Amen, somebody. Amen. See, when you're militant like that, listen, how in the world can these, these, I was going to say another name, can these ungodly people <laughs> have more passion to riot than you do for Jesus? Oh. They fired up. I ain't lying, they fired up. They fired up until they run across the wrong one. Amen, somebody. And they were trying to come into communities. Y'all know that, right? Let them, drop, let them come up on my yard. Let them come up on my yard. And I'm, listen here, I'm a Second Amendment kind of person. I live by the Second Amendment. You come up on my yard, the only thing in my mind is protecting my family. And the Constitution gives me the right to defend my life and the life of my family. And you won't get two steps in my yard. Because you're going to come across the wrong one that's going to put you in your place. That's all it takes, saints. Amen. Amen. See, now don't punk out on me now. Oh, we supposed to share the love of Jesus. Oh, that's, I love them enough so them jokers don't hurt my family. Amen. I got a license. I can do their funerals, too. No, no, no. I'm for real about it, saints. I'm for real about protecting the house of the Lord. I'm for real about protecting your souls. Amen. I'm for real about giving you, thus saith the Lord, so that we can make sure that the scales are removed from our eyes and we're not duped by these people who don't even like us. Never like the church. 
And if you think that one network is against the other, all, all the networks that we see are owned by six billionaires and all of them are atheists. You better open your eyes, saints, and see what's truly going on. It is about time to take our rightful places, saints of God. And I've been studying the minor prophets, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm done. In the book of Joel, and some people said Joel, it speaks of a time when the nation's economy had been devastated and destroyed by a pestilence. Do you hear me? I'm telling you, when you read the minor prophets, it's just like you're reading a newspaper today. And see, there was a pestilence that hit the land, hit the nation, and it destroyed the whole economy of Israel. As a matter of fact, it took all the grain offerings and the peace offerings so that the priests, they couldn't even perform their duties. And nobody can do their daily activities. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here? It's, it ain't like this has happened the first time. This has happened before, saints of God. And what are we going to do about it? And this is why we have to go back to the word of the Lord. And this is what the Lord said to the prophet. He said, Go tell the people. The, the, he said, the people do not cry to me from their hearts, but they wail upon their beds for grain offering and wine. They rebel against me. So in other words, the people wanted handouts. Oh, my God. Are you guys seeing this with me? They wanted a handout, but they didn't want God. They were happy with a handout, but they weren't happy with God. They wailed on their beds for a grain offering, something in the natural when God wanted to give them something spiritually. And we got people like that today. Oh, give me my money. Give me my stimulus. I want my stuff. But they didn't want God then, and they don't want God right now. See, our external actions expresses the eternal condition of our hearts. Let me say that one more time. Our external actions expresses the internal condition of our hearts. Unrestrained anger leads to deliberate and progressive um, and insistent defiance on decisions that will completely corrupt your life. When you are in rage and when you're that angry, you can't help but to make the wrong decisions. See, at that moment, there, there, there is no peace that can pass understanding because you're all about breaking stuff or hurting somebody. And don't you know these little white people running around here flipping the bird at black cops? Wait a minute. I, whoa. What, what, wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to be about peace. Isn't that racist? A bunch of hypocrites. Amen. As it was then. So it is today. What was God's solution to such devastating degradation of the nation? And that's what we need to see here. Because whatever God told the prophets to do then is the same that he's telling the prophets to do today. God commanded the prophet, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm like I'm sounding to you right now. He said, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. And, and this is what exactly what the Lord want us to do today. And he said, assemble the people. He didn't say keep them in their houses. He said, assemble my people. That means we got to meet. This is a command from God. And to me, it supersedes anything man can say. And if they did it then, we should be doing it now. Ah, uh, we got to make a decision if we're going to follow man or follow God. Joel was trying to prepare and warn the people that there was something much worse coming. Saints, I'm telling you right now, there is something much worse that is coming. But at the same time that there is devastation, God is going to bring restoration. So you got to decide, what side am I going to be on? Am I going to be on the side of devastation or the side of restoration? Am I going to bring peace? Am I going to bring uh, 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 just upheaval and racism? Am I going to bring love am I going to bring hate? What side are we going to be on? And he said this in Joel chapter 2, verse 23. He said, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. You know what that means? The former rain was the day of Pentecost. 
That's the former rain. But check this out. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. He kept going. He said, I have given you the former rains moderately, and he will cause the rain to come down on you. The former rain, Pentecost, and the latter rain, what we're in right now. Pentecost wasn't it. Now we're living in the age where God wants to do something greater than what he did at Pentecost. But the people had to get it by assembling together over 500 people. Jesus told over 500 people to assemble together and tarry here until you have been endued with power from on high. But only 120 people obeyed the commands of God. Therefore, 380 people thought that there was something better to do because they was on that side and not the right side. 380 people said, no, there's something better that I need to be doing than to be waiting on God. Where are you? Now, where are you when God tarries and he don't give you your answer? The latter rain was to be poured out on those during a time of darkness and gloom. Do you feel we're living in a time of darkness and gloom? Oh, yes, we are. But this is the time we should expect the latter rain. Amen. Amen, somebody. This is not the time you got your head all down and you groping in the midnight and you groping in darkness. You just I'm just trying to figure this thing out. I'm just trying to. Nobody knows. No, God, I'm waiting for that outpouring. Amen. Put your hand on your head and say, Lord, pour it out right now. See, 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 I'm waiting on that outpouring. And listen, I truly believe that the next, the next outpouring is not going to be in a church or in a facility. I believe that the next outpouring is going to be in people. And no matter where you are, there's going to be revival. You're going to walk in Walmart. People are going to get healed. You're going to walk in Home Depot. You're going to be laying hands and prophesying. You're going to be in the hospital, maybe to visit one of your family members. And you're going to hear somebody wailing in the room next door. And you're going to go in and just start praising God. And they get healed. They jump up out of the bed and start running around the hospital room because there is a revival inside of you and we're going to walk in the communities and we're going to bring love and we're going to bring compassion and people will be healed in their homes somebody said pour it out on me lord Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want that latter day outpouring. So I'm blowing the trumpet of Zion right now. So people of God, you can get up on your feet and you can stand for the Lord and you can speak truth to somebody. And you don't worry about how they're going to take it or how they're going to receive it. Why? Because you are the mature church. You are the church militant and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Either you're going to stand or you're going to fall. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm, I'm like a tree. Someone say, I'm like a tree. I'm like a tree. I might bend, but I'm not going to break. And what the Lord wants us to do now is what they did then. He said, they, he said, cry out to me for this latter rain. Cry out to me and say, spare your people, O Lord. Cry out to me in this time when it seems so dark and so bleak that people are losing hope. Saints, let me tell you, the day of the Lord is coming. And the day of the Lord is what Joel was talking about, that if you think right now is bad, wait till the day of the Lord. It's almost God is saying, if you don't like what's going on now, watch this. And he's like, what are my children going to do? Well, one thing we're going to do, we're going to stand just like they did in the Bible. I'm blowing the trumpet. I'm sounding the alarm. And says, saints we got to raise up at the arm of the Lord. we got to be the church militant. we got to make sure we stand against racism. we got to stand against injustices. we got to stand against people who want to punk us out and keep us quiet. He's trying to silence the lamb. He is Satan, and Satan has principalities, and those principalities are in government. You better know what's going on. You read the book of Revelation, there's a, a one billion man army coming from China in the book of Revelation. China is the one thing that's trying to destroy America because America is the eagle in the book of Revelation. And the first thing you try to destroy is the economy. And then you destroy the church. That's what happened then. And that's what's happening today. But guess what? God always has the last say so. Can somebody give me a praise on that one right there? <laughs> that no matter what they do, God is going to always have the last say so. Amen. Somebody say it with me. God, God always has always. the last say so. But what are we going to do? 
What are we going to do? We're going to sound the alarm. We're going to take care of our families. We're going to teach our children not to hate. We're going to teach them about how awesome it is of, in our diversity. We're stronger with our diversity. I'm going to say right now, I mean, Elaine was talking about this this morning. We never set out just to have a church full of black people. We don't want that. We want all nations, tribes, and tongues. But still, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, still today, even virtually, is still the most segregated hour. Still today. I want more white people and Spanish people in here. Matter of fact, I want every culture. I want, I want to see some Asians up in here, some Koreans. Amen, somebody? I want everybody up in here. I want us to represent heaven. And if you're watching this by live stream and you're a different culture, come on up in here. Now, you got to understand, we're spirit-filled. We don't play. We're spirit-filled. So sometimes you have to tell people that we're spirit-filled. Right? I, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of being spirit-filled. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. See, that's the problem. We got people coming to church, but they're not getting filled. And they don't even know that the, you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to come against these enemies that we're facing today. You can't go out there as, a, as somebody that don't have the Holy Ghost into these communities and think you're going to make change. Devil going to eat your lunch. Amen. So who's going to stand with me? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.